0: You're listening to The Racking Focus Podcast. Hey, welcome back to The Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard.
1: And I'm John Doyle. And uh, today uh, we're going to be reviewing, uh, when, once we get there, every, oh wait, everything, everywhere, mm-hmm. all at once. Yeah. Am I right? Everything, everything everywhere,
0: everywhere, all at all once. At
1: once. Um, but before we get there, we have other work to do. How do we start this show? Just well, you know, we
0: just talk about what we've been watching, really, in our segment that we like to call, for now, the <laughs> weekly watch.
1: Well, that we're calling. I don't know if we like to call it that. Did I say we off. like to call it that? Uh, like I definitely didn't call. mean
0: that. I definitely didn't. Somewhere <laughs> in another universe, I'm not saying that.
1: <laughs> right, and 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 soon we will be discovering <laughs> what that means. Uh, so let's start. What what. Uh, The first thing I want to say is that um, (laughs) Uh, we've been away for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's um, been a little bit. And so I'm anxious to sort of have the conversation and hear what you've been watching. So what have you been checking out?
0: Well, I've been taking a break from films. I haven't really watched a whole lot of uh, of films in the last few weeks. Um, I've been stuck playing this new game called Elden Ring, and that has sucked up a lot of my time trying to defeat some bosses. And it's really difficult. If any of you play Elden Ring, you'll know what I mean. Um, other than that though, I've been, I've really just been watching some, some TV and uh, I finished Euphoria season two, loved it. The, again, visual storytelling and what, what uh, Sam Levinson is doing in that show is unbelievable. It's so good. Um, and I actually started watching Killing Eve okay. in the last week or so. So I'm in the middle of season one and that show is so good that I can't believe it's actually on AMC and I wish it was on a on the Network because I don't trust <laughs> AMC <laughs> with anything.
1: Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. We've been in a huge hiatus between after season two, so it'll be interesting to see if there is a season three. Of Killing Eve? Yeah.
0: There's four seasons. Yeah, okay. There's four, because this is my second watch through of season one, and I didn't realize they made three other seasons.
1: I think I've watched all of it, so maybe I thought it was just two. I don't know. I don't have any idea. It's very
0: good, and I have to say, I I didn't realize that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was behind some of the episodes in this show, but the, the episodes that she's writing specifically stand out Far and above the other episodes. right. And which is great because she's a female writer and the show tends to, at least where I'm at right now, is very much about gender and women and power and like all of those things. absolutely. And uh, you can feel that in her work and in her writing. Yeah. Um, It's great. Highly recommend. Um, Other than that, the only other film I've watched really in the last like week or two is a new movie called Turning Red on uh, Disney Pixar. And um, I thought it was was cute it's fun movie i mean it's not pixar disney pixar's best it's definitely not their worst um but it was good i mean it introduces you know new cultures and customs to kids has a great uh, message around um you know just this ethics and who you are and just uh family dynamics and relationships and it's um i like that i like that disney and uh pixar kind of moving away from this um villain antagonist of it being like this supernatural thing or this um, evil queen or something, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's moving more towards, like, the villain in this movie is both the mom and your inner personal struggle. Okay. And it's, like, such a good thing for kids to to be able to understand and grasp. So not necessarily that your mom's your villain, but that your mom is not your villain and that you can't make her your villain.
1: But you can see her that way.
0: But you that's, can see her that way. You're allowed to see her that way, but there is a resolve that needs to happen. So that's what I've been watching. It hasn't been a whole lot, because, um, I, again, I am stuck um, in the lands in between as a tarnished being um, <laughs> massacred by giant spider people with... Multiple limbs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what have you been watching? <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna just touch on a, a couple things that um, I finished watching. All of us are dead. The oh yeah, uh, zombie. Series.
0: Your review of that looked really good on Letterboxd. I gotta
1: say that the last episodes landed so well. Hmm. The, there's some extremely beautiful imagery. The acting gets better and better. The storytelling is so strong. Yeah. And the um the the heart of the film is quite different than what it appears to be at the beginning. Mm. And so because of the fact that it has so many episodes, unlike your traditional zombie experience, we don't have to rush. Right. Scared. And we don't then, because we spent so much time watching people get chewed up, we don't <laughs> have to, um, end the film or, you know, with, a brief reexamination of the consequences of what's happened and the consequences of what happened get played out clearly for us hmm. and emotionally and the characters change like they're they're very different people than where they came from it's just a really a really good yeah. series I would anticipate we're gonna see a second season of okay. it. it leaves not a cliffhanger at the end but a next step okay cool and goodness gracious my fear is always like you know Train to Busan is fantastic Right. You just can't make a Why well, make a second and one? And they do, you Yeah, know? yeah. And so, so I have some concern there, but so, boy, it's good.
0: Do you feel like the film, like, or the, the series is like from, what was it, 12 episodes? Like yeah. from start to finish, it's like one cohesive story that I, it's telling?
1: I do, and I also would say, I mean, but I don't think it's necessarily what would amount to a 10-hour or 12-hour okay. film. Right? I, don't, I don't know if that's what I would say. Sure. But it is completely cohesive, and it does not feel co- as episodic as it could. Okay. And the other thing that it does is it just doesn't use many of the standard tropes, hmm. even though we have a tremendous number of of deaths of, that do the things that deaths in zombie films do to sure. us about loss and pain right. and grief. The film is talking about loss and pain and grief and friendship and love, and as a result, or the story is, yeah. those things are given space and time in this longer story for us to encounter them, and so lots of things have meaning that okay. might normally be simply a bloody corpse okay. here or, or a, a a momentary argument there and and mm-hmm. and that's what the we can do it does not fall into the netflix long series trap right so like netflix is at its best when it's doing eight episodes right or six mm-hmm. episodes and we learn that from the marvel series which are very effective when they're in that six or eight right. episode sort of level um this really does pull off 12 like hmm. absolutely pulls off 12 episodes uh, there's maybe a clunker in there somewhere where you're sure. like, I'm not sure, but boy, it, it just keeps driving you home. Wow. So, yeah, really good. When,
0: give me the name of the show again?
1: It's called All of Us Are Dead. All, All of Us are, are, dead are Dead on Netflix. 2022 on Netflix. And this yeah. was, was a Korean film? It's Korean. It's Korean, Korean series, yeah. yeah. And, I, and my, I've become a real fan of Korean stuff. Yeah. I just think it's, it really has. Well, a lot and, to say. and Korea
0: has done th- uh, zombies well. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: And I, but I, you know, I think we can see, you know, um, Korean cinema across the board yeah. is a challenging and it twists you between humor and pain so well. It's just mm. really good. Um, I still drive my car too. Oh, um,
0: I need to watch it still.
1: And you know, I just have to tell you, you need to watch it. Okay. Um, it is extraordinary. And I think underappreciated from what I've seen sure. in reviews and, mm. and et cetera. Um, it is the, I'm just going to simply say, it's the best film about theater I've ever seen. Hmm. Wow. And yet, it's not a film that it matters that you care about theater for what it's really talking about. Yeah. Uh, the, um, the quality of the filmmaking is astounding. Hmm. Um, I'm going to just be completely honest, and I don't do this very often, I rewound the film oh my. three times to oh rewatch my. a shot. Wow. Like, the shot happened and I made a noise and my wife was watching <laughs> the movie with me, looked at me, and I'm like, that is astounding what just happened on the screen. Mm-hmm. And I wound back and we watched it again so that she could see what I was seeing. Like, I just wanted her to experience mm-hmm. this sort of transcendent moment of film. There's also a, a plot line in the piece about deaf story to a, a deaf person hmm. that is so well done and like my frustration with coda which people seem to like and the academy awards seem to like and i just think is like cheap in so many ways uh this film <laughs> lets us know like uses deaf characters in a way that is quite extraordinary and moving um, it's also the best adaptation yeah. of haruki murakami and it's front based on a story of his that i've ever seen it hmm. feels like I've read a lot of Murakami, and it feels like a Murakami novel. Hmm. Like it just, it's paced that way. But that's also why it's very long. Uh, yeah. The credits, wow. the credits roll, forty-five minutes into the film.
0: Oh, there, there's an wow. opening. Oh, some opening scenes. Oh. oh, like the title sequence credits. And then, the,
1: and then sorry, and then I thought the, you meant
0: the end credits roll the, forty-five the minutes. The characters,
1: the characters. <laughs> um, like the actors wow. and their characters roll 45 minutes holy in. cow okay so. so that like
0: 45 minutes, minutes is just like an intro
1: it's i said this is the longest cold open i've ever seen <laughs> uh, and, and oh. i'm going to be honest with you like i've watched star trek discovery and sometimes <laughs> their cold opens are really long sure anyway, it's great really well worth doing it is an evening's commitment
0: fully it's three hours long yeah yeah um, fully i mean you have to expect japanese cinema to an extent that it is going to be a slow burn yeah. right like that is right. that is a thing yeah. culturally so
1: um last but not least is uh for me to talk about is summer of soul which i watched a documentary oh about, great um the uh music festival in harlem and i uh love has made an amazing accomplishment and I'm going to say just a couple things about it. And I think everybody should watch it if you care about culture or you think Woodstock was important. Um, it yeah. challenges, it shows us the latent racism in our nation during the period the film takes place. Because this event, which took place over whatever six weeks worth of concerts, um, all filmed. Never edited or touched in a wow. basement for the intervening fifty years, and Woodstock gets two films essentially, right? Wow. And, um And it's re- reborn later. You know, it's so. There's something about saying this, how marginalized they can be. The film is such a testament to, and this is just, I mean, I'm giving into the who I am. A testament to what we could have been if we embraced what. The latter half of the '60s cultural movement wanted us to embrace, and it is—I know that for Questlove, in some ways—and he talks about this at the City Academy Awards—certainly is like it's this picture of hope, right? Like mm-hmm. this thing we could be. And for me, all I felt as I watched the film for all of the joy and all of the, you know, musicians I recognized who mattered to me when I was younger, or and, and now was how far we've backslid from hmm. what this. The opportunity that was available to us right. at this time, um, uh, and uh, and the but I, so that's my sort of idea behind sure. it. But w- I also want to say that the accomplishment of the editing and however they restored freaking videotape <laughs> um, from a basement, like it was professionally done. Like it's not right. like it's like handheld junk. These right. are these right. are cameramen sitting at cameras recording. Uh, from multiple angles, it it his the editing of this piece is extraordinary, just extraordinary, mm. and it is not a nostalgic film. It is, and it, it we we're allowed to experience people's memory without that the maudlin, yeah, s- saccharine sense of. Uh, nostalgia and I thought and so we, we hear some of the performers talk about it, and they're seeing themselves for the first time in 50 years at wow. the concert oh wow and the emotional responses they give are are not about nostalgia they're mm. about hope and pain and love and truth and all of these things it's just a wonderfully edited documentary and so well worth watching and if you like you know soul music gospel music any of that um, it's going to push every single button. Cool. So there you go. Cool. That's, that's I'll what have I've to check watching. that out. Yeah. And, and that's it, on, is that on Disney plus? It's on Disney plus. I think it might also be somewhere else. Like it may be on HBO max or it may be on criterion okay. or it may be on Hulu or something. Something. I think yeah. it may be somewhere else. Okay. Too. Um, I found it on Disney plus because I've been rewatching daredevil too. Uh, okay. Just to yeah. see how hard it is. And compare with um, what I cannot wait for. I when did. We get home.
0: I did watch the first episode of Moon Knight oh, you today. Suck. I'm sorry. I did. I had to. <laughs> I did watch it. it is, you are going to like it. Look, it's 10:30, and I have to go home and watch it and get up for work tomorrow. <laughs> you are going to like it. All right. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Let's get to our review of everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, there are spoilers ahead. Just, uh, just be prepared for that um you are (laughs) not going to want this film spoiled for you whatever that means um so yeah go see it maybe wait to see it and then come back to this episode it's yeah 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 good great Great. all right
1: in the multiverse you can live up to your ultimate potential what's happening you discovered a way to temporarily link your consciousness to another version of yourself all of their memories and skills. It's called first jumping. There's a great evil in it spreading like the many verses, and you may be your only chance of stopping it. It's crazy! You're starting to
0: get it i do not know where to begin and i feel like sometimes we say that for other movies but i truly don't know where to start what to talk about or how to even like rate this film (laughs) like i don't know i don't know how to even begin going about doing that do you have any idea
1: I think the first thing we have to say is there is no way for us to have a conversation about this film without spoilers. So spoiler warning.
0: I, I'm not even sure there's spoilers in this film. Oh, I'm I, not,
1: I, well, whatever. I mean, there <laughs> sure.
0: are, but there aren't. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know how what I would say that would spoil anything for you. Okay. There's right. words I could say that that you'll it, it'll you'll just be shocked if you don't if you haven't seen the film <laughs> and i say the word right um rakakui right. rakakuni you're gonna have no idea right what i mean
1: uh, i'm still gonna say that spoilers ahead and uh, i'm gonna make the recommendation that um uh, you listen to this <laughs> podcast after you've watched the film so let's just start right with that and then let's get to work um Uh, Where do you want to start? I mean, well, I I want
0: to start by saying that we can't get our hopes up about this episode because um, our viewership for this episode is probably going to be so freaking low because (laughs) we caught the one showing in the in the general Philadelphia, uh, Greater Philadelphia area, Uh, and um, yeah, no one's going to listen to this podcast for like three months unless they want spoilers.
1: Right? It has to. It's going to have to come on some service at some point, right? Yeah,
0: and when it does, people. Go see it. That's right. Definitely watch it. You're in for a wild ride. Go in with zero expectations. And
1: that's why the spoiler thing matters, because really yeah. the, the magic of this is its, its inventiveness. It,
0: <laughs> I don't know what I just watched. Right. I I've you. watched everything.
1: Right. Everywhere all at once. That's exactly that's, right. It was,
0: it was a wild ride.
1: I do want to say on the way out, we did pass a sign. That said, coming soon for this film, and I thought it, yeah, and I thought that was particularly appropriate to the film itself. That as we're leaving, we see a sign for coming soon, and we've left this (laughs) single showing. (laughs) It it is true. It is true. There's something righteous about that. Yeah, Um,
0: I'm glad we got to see this in IMAX. Uh,
1: I I am too, even though it's not shot on IMAX. I'm really glad. No, there
0: were some sections of it that were framed for IMAX, or uh, I guess. uh, I don't know if they like recompose them in editing. Yeah, but uh, I it worked at IMAX. It, did. I, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, where do you want to start? Because I, I don't really know. I, I really I, don't.
1: I think that that's the problem of the film is, and, and when I say the problem of the film is the problem of having a conversation about the film. Yeah, is there is such so much to talk about, and you don't want to talk about it at all. So maybe why don't we start by doing the thing we do in the middle and just talk about what it looked like and what it sounded like. <laughs> okay. uh, let's just talk about it's like cinematography and, okay, great. and that work at the start.
0: There's an astounding amount of shots that they did in this, for this film. Like, I don't know how you even go about like the, the overwhelm that I would feel by having to shoot this movie. The amount of different shots it, right. that exist overwhelms the hell out of me.
1: It's it's that idea of when you looked at this script, the the idea that you think you could make it on film uh, yeah. <laughs> is is
0: it, this couldn't have been made. I mean, it could have, but it would have taken somebody like ten years, right, to make it. it, it it's so complex, mm-hmm. and it, it I mean, it really couldn't have existed, however many years ago.
1: But right, right. pre digital, pre digital, it could not exist. The, it, it would have been a thing that. Would have been a cult classic, mm-hmm. but not sort of have the scope, scale, and beauty that this. Had. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. And so the cinematography. I mean, I thought it, I thought it was great. I mean, I thought everything was wildly colorful, and mm-hmm.
1: um
0: it, it was just yeah, the use of light just fit consistently
1: throughout mm-hmm. was uh, both really integrated into the story and beautiful and and unique. Like we each world mm-hmm. had you know a palette and a sensibility you could tell where you were by how it looked yeah and yet it all hung together really well
0: yeah no i agreed there everything just from the cinematography it just worked it fit the piece it wasn't trying to do anything for any specific reason other than what fit what was to, to fit the film right to make the film stronger it made the film stronger in every area uh the lighting was wild and it's kind of in that um in that RGB-like mm-hmm, right. trendiness that's yeah. happening right now, but it wasn't because it's trendy. It's because of, you know, these all these colors of the multiverse. Right. Like, everything is motivated as well, and, you know, it's not just trendy light or trendy composition or anything like
1: that. Well, I think that's the other thing you're calling out about the film as a whole is everything feels motivated. Yeah. And everything is planted. Yeah. There's nothing yeah, uh-huh, in this yeah. film... That isn't planted somewhere, right? Or which is also insane to say. Through. Exactly, it is absolutely insane to say. Insane. It, yeah,
0: I don't. Uh, I I'm compl- I'm kind of shocked at the film because I just, <laughs> <laughs> I, which I think is I think maybe the maybe the point at the same time. Um, because, I mean, talking about this, nothing nothing really matters. Like, yeah, I just you you watch the film and. I don't know how to judge this entire film. I don't know how to grade this entire film because it's just so, it. I don't remember half of it because I've just been <laughs> thrown so many visuals in my face. But what I'm left with is a feeling yeah. and I'm left with um, a message. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that's, that's the most important thing and that's what filmmaking does is is you might be left with some visuals sometimes, right? I can I can, you know, think back to when we saw the Batman a couple weeks ago and I can say, "Oh, there's some visuals that stick with me." Mm-hmm. There's definitely going to be some visuals from this film that stick with me. Indeed. But I can't remember the I can't remember the entire story. I can't remember uh, everything from this film the same way I remember like the Batman, right? Correct. But, but- I, rem- I I I feel like I've been given a lesson for my life based on what the Daniels were trying to to get across. And I think they were successful in that message.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think one of the things that the film does is it doesn't, I mean, because of its level of inventiveness, like the originality of so much of what's happening mm-hmm. and the, I mean, to some extent, violation of like traditional, yeah. you know, th- five-act structure or three-act structure, whatever, you know, we're looking at. <laughs> it it I mean, it, ju- it. there's three acts, right? but uh-huh. whatever you know that, uh-huh. because we we just simply start shifting out yeah and this idea of these these echoing scenes that relate to each other layered on top of each other yeah. you know breathing in uh, cinema i mean a24 right. is the company for this because this is a it is deeply connected to the potency of cinema in its history right. and yet Wildly contemporary, right? It's that thing that we see in a lot of A24 films, where you can feel the echo of its reach back to all these great films, mm-hmm. and yet what we're seeing on the screen is completely new. It's like yes, completely, yeah, the, and the completely
0: within the director's vision, right? There's, oh, they, they, this is a filmmaker's film. They are they are making the film they want to make, and you've if you've listened to the podcast long enough, you've heard us mention that time. You've heard us mention that time. And time again, where we want to watch films that are that are made by filmmakers, not not made by filmmakers and then adjusted and cut and and uh, mutilated by the studio or, or the executives, right, or some
1: committee mm-hmm. or the audience, in right, the end.
0: right. This is this is this is a film that the Daniels they wanted to make, they ended up making. It's their vision. I can I don't know where a studio a studio wouldn't let you make this. This wouldn't get made under right. Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. This is. Well, I mean, the brakes would have
1: been put on a hundred times. Oh my god. Well, and it wouldn't
0: have been. It wouldn't have been this film. It would have been right. a different multiverse film, right? It would right. Because it would have been different. about the multiverse mm-hmm. instead
1: of about the individual lives that right. we are tracking with. Right. And, and yeah. You know, th- yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the intimacy of the story is what I find really interesting. The circle of our main characters and the world that we're in is extremely small considering mm-hmm. the scope right. of the multiverse that we encounter and the personalities we encounter in reference to that that you know we we sit with with you know our main character with Evelyn yeah. and yet the, and and her family right and this very small family circle right and yet there's a thousand people on screen essentially during the what uh hour and 20 hour and 30 minutes yeah
0: uh, of the film, yeah, two, uh, hours the and 30, the film two, two hours. The film was two hours twenty. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sorry. I, <laughs> well, I, I, look, look, I, man. I pulled an I'm, hour out because I
0: got. I'm i uh, I'm. I mean, we're watching the film, and part one pops up, and I'm waiting for part two to kind of pop up about, you know, thirty three percent of the of the way through, and it doesn't do it, and I'm wondering, is this film actually only two hours and twenty minutes, or did they lie to us in the in the runtime? Because the way this this is going just doesn't add up. Um, and it's, it is, I mean, it's, it comes over halfway, Mm -hmm. part two comes over halfway throughout this film and they just threw out an act structure. Like they just threw it out. Like Uh, they just, just, they just do whatever they want. And the editing in this film is so strong. Mm -hmm. The amount of uh, attention to detail that they must've put in to pre-production to be able to know when certain cuts are happening and, what people need to be wearing and what the makeup needs to look like. And oh my gosh, like that, that sort of thing. Yeah. That attention to detail is just, it's, it's more than I've seen in, in so many films. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. Even films that are ultimately
1: really focused in detail. This movie rides upon the detail and the detail of, you know, shot framing and all that. And certainly in the digital world, you can adjust and clean up and Mm -hmm. whatever those things may be. But the other thing that the, the script does really well is give us some very specific locations so we stay in we the the film takes place in actually very few locations yeah you you know what i mean even though there are many many locations the the bulk of the film is in the irs building you know (laughs) it's in a laundromat it's in the a theater or outside i mean that i'm just gonna pause and say the homage to in the mood for love um, in yeah. the kung fu, uh-huh. uh, oh man, world yeah. was palpable. Like it, it, it was very, very strong. But yep. you know that, um, that those worlds, the, those scenes were able were in those locations, and then the interweaving and intercutting, as you're suggesting from the editing standpoint, is what builds that story out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's fascinating watching the interweaving of dialogue that on the page. W- w- I mean, I i can imagine some of these pages
0: i don't know i don't i i am completely flabbergasted at this film and that actually was made like i just don't i just don't i don't i just don't understand how how you even make something like this like it's just so big let alone pitch it to somebody right like they had to pitch this film
1: yeah right
0: and then they had to get actors on board with doing the things that are in this movie. You have to have complete for an actor. I feel like you have to have complete trust in the directors to be able to to do what we what we watched in this film.
1: You do. You do, and you have to believe that you can do some of the things they do with sincerity. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And and what I found really wonderful is that you you move from laughter to pathos. Yep. In a, in a turn, right? Oh my God. Because yeah. there's so much there's so many funny visual images yeah, and there's so much referential work that like we laugh at because of our understanding of film or our experience in the world, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time within a beat or within the turn of a face, there's pathos, there's, there's there's sadness, there's pain, there's love, whatever else is there. And and none of that feels uh, cheap because we're pivoting so quickly. Right. From emotional state to emotional state um, the yeah. resonance of it really works like we are going through look, everything like we're doing that yeah. journey
0: look e- there's even a moment in the film where we're just reading text <laughs> exactly and that text carries so much weight and you can feel emotion just by the just by the writing uh and and the words that you're seeing on screen um i, I don't know last time i saw a film uh, that yeah, that just had text on the screen and allowed the viewers to kind of uh, fill in the blanks of of the emotion that right, these characters there's, there's are saying. There's nothing on that screen. There's that's no sound, giving us the emotion. Nothing. Right? We're watching two rocks. Right. Just two. have a have dialogue with mm-hmm. each other through text, and it's one thing when you're seeing like a text come through and you're able to see emotion right. or reaction, but when it's just text hitting the screen, you you had to have given the audience so much time with your characters before that moment that like, I feel like I knew Evelyn. I felt like I knew joy Mm -hmm. and I was able to fill in based on the text that was written, the emotion that they were feeling. Right.
1: And respond to it and
0: respond to it. And it's both hilarious and heartfelt Mm -hmm. and it works. Like, I I don't know why it works. I don't know how it works. It just works. I mean,
1: I I think your point about editing and I think, I think that's really strong i think the visuals and the the power of where yeah. our technology is now makes that experience possible and then i mean we have to bow to the quality of the acting oh for sure yeah but, oh yeah uh i mean yeah across the board these actors are uh bringing integrity to madness in some cases <laughs> like things that <laughs> yeah, must yeah, yeah. have Looked like, red like, felt like madness. Right, and to bring that integrity, and I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is is astounding. Show <laughs> Yo is astounding in yeah. this role. Um, yeah,
0: everyone is so good. Everybody everyone. across the board.
1: I mean, everyone is,
0: is so because so because you read. Imagine you read the page, and you can't even visualize what the Daniels are are trying to do. I mean, you. I, I bet you have an idea. But what is in their head is just so much more insane
1: than what you're picturing. And to describe the transitions, like the right, whether those transitions are the early transitions when, you know, the first few crossovers from the other um, Mm -hmm. multiverses or from the alphaverse to the point later in the film where literally the universes are blending right on the screen in front of us. Yeah. You know, there's no way for you on the page to explain that in a way that a person can yeah. fully see, because you have to see it. Right. I, I heard Quentin Tarantino say in some Instagram post, I scrolled past, you know, that when he read a script, he was able to see it, right? Right. And I think that that's a powerful thing about saying great script writing. Mm-hmm. And I think you could probably see where this wanted to go, but not the actual thing that we saw on the screen.
0: No, it, 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 it takes a completely different type of mind. you got to be able to... There's just something else that has to occur for your actors to be able to see it, and that's why they need to have so much trust in the director mm-hmm. that it's gonna that it's gonna actually work. With when they ask them to do something just completely insane, which they had to have done multiple times in this film for these actors, they asked these actors to do some insane things.
1: And there's things that we watch, and we even though they're insane, because the film has so well sort of either planted or seeded, depending on the way you want to examine the. The structuring yeah. of the script things that we then can deal with later that would be absurd that that makes sense to get that have meaning that that have a right. uh, relationship because we as outsiders have been there, but the actors in the room, yeah. some of those things were yeah. shot over the week, right? Like, right, right. They, they didn't break it up and get a whole no. two hours of time of watching the No, development there's no to go. context for you what know, they're doing, right? It, they're it just all. being asked to do this I mean, thing. Spoilers uh, above all spoilers, <laughs> because if you've. I'm just going to say. I don't even know which one you're going to say. The next words I'm going to say are. <laughs> Are words that I'm just gonna say if you cannot, you <laughs> cannot hear this without having a portion of the story, a portion of the experience grabbed from you. So I'm just saying, stop listening if you haven't watched yeah. this. We've heard wonderful stuff now. Yeah. Then come back, watch it and come back. Okay, good. Hot dog fingers. <laughs> or, hot dog fingers is the most extraordinarily disturbing and uncomfortable <laughs> thing including piano playing feet yes which which they build to yeah and the fact that it is survival of the fittest and they go to 2001 and <laughs> yeah they
0: right 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 right. yeah they kill the apes and from 2001 right and hot, dog, hot, dog hot dog hot dog finger apes
1: apes <laughs> kill the apes <laughs> with the regular hands and that incredible shot Of the regular-handed ape dying. Yeah. Like, that regular (laughs) hand. So good.
0: Yeah, God. Um, Like, it's just amazing. It's... And the bizarre, like what oh mustard ejaculation like, or whatever. There's, look, there was ketchup as well. I don't know. That and was so vile. A, you hate ketchup. So yeah. I was like, you're you're probably beyond gross down. Oh, I can't even. And, I, uh, it, it, I hate mustard.
1: There's a so. there's a math to that that I wanted to examine. <laughs> and yet I don't need to, right? But, no. But yep, it became, yep. it, it went from ridiculous to real intimacy. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. by the end of the film, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> that That's something special i guess Oh god it's just
0: something it's just so crazy um i talked about this in the um the weekly watch segment but uh so so the last two films i've watched have been this everything everywhere all at once and uh turning red i watched turning red a few nights ago right and uh funny enough both of them deal with this um mother-daughter relationship um Specifically, a Chinese mother and daughter relationship, okay. and the approval of your parents, and the acceptance of yourself and your daughter, mm-hmm. and I just think it's—I don't know what the why there's such a coincidence there for me watching both of these films back to back, but these films could not be more similar and more opposite in so <laughs> many ways. The absurdity of a kid being able to turn into a red panda in turning red. And all of the craziness that comes with that I mean you're able to I don't I don't know like it's it there's these stories you can connect with sorry let me restart this what I'm trying to say is that just because the story is absurd or it's crazy or it's just completely mind-boggling insane um, whether it's through a, a Disney Pixar film or, through something like this, an independent film released on a, with a twenty-four, there is still so much that we can learn from other people, from other cultures, from <laughs> yeah. uh, from f- filmmakers, from artists, from singers, from whatever. The, art is, has a way of bringing people together and healing uh, relationships and uh, struggles and and uh, even personal struggles. Whatever you're going through, like there is so many ways to um, kind of heal just through filmmaking and through absurdist stuff like this film. It felt like this film was talking to so many different types of struggles or people. And it hit. It made me feel multiple things about my own life. Right. Um, especially like, okay, I'm gonna be a father in like three months or four months. Like there's a side there, but then there's also like there's me as a potential father there's me as a um a husband there's me as my own dreams and aspirations that i have there's this this film talked to me in so many different ways which i completely did not expect that mm-hmm. film to do sure you know mm-hmm. uh so don't discredit like these absurdist films because you may get like 10 minutes into this film or 20 i guess i guess the craziness doesn't start until like what, 30 minutes in or something like
1: that? Uh, Yeah, to some extent, sure.
0: You get 45 minutes into this film and you're like, what the hell am I watching? Well, just give it the full two hours and 20 minutes and then just see how you feel at the end and reflect on it. Because this is a film where, and you're really good at this. You're really good at watching something and then just reflecting on it. Right. And that's what we're doing now. Yeah, we're just exactly. doing it in a live mm-hmm. commentary sort of situation. Yeah. But you do this for everything. hmm which is great. I'm not as good as at that. <laughs> like, I just respond. I just respond based right. on how I'm feeling, and uh, then I end up reflecting as I go on. But sometimes, sometimes I regret my initial response, and sometimes I'm sticking to it. And so I'm going to feel differently maybe about this film in two days, or I might feel like the exact mm-hmm, same way. Right. But this this is one of those films that like it's it's going to get lost in the entertainment world in the entertainment industry and it deserves to be seen by like everybody Mm -hmm. because it's just that good and it is very relevant for today
1: yeah i think it speaks to our cultural place we are as humans right now like the film comes from this very chinese sort of perspective but that perspective echoes out so clearly in because the The issues that our main characters are encountering, like the big issues Mm -hmm. are issues we are really dealing with, whether it's the questions of covid or it's the questions of how small we are in what is a massive world. Right. It's that, you know, when you open up Twitter, you're seeing such a small fraction of the tweets when you open up facebook Mm -hmm. you're seeing such a small fraction of facebook you know the number of images you see in a day from instagram is so small are we're so tiny there's this thing in hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy it's called the total perspective vortex and (laughs) this character goes in and what it does to you is when you go into it it shows you the whole of reality with a arrow pointing you are here. Yeah. Okay. And most people yeah. lose their mind when they see it. Right. Because they realize how small they are in reference yeah. to the universe. And we're in a time where we're being bombarded by our smallness. You know, and we're also being told we're big too. And that discontinuity is so troubling. Yeah. And this film really does speak to some of that and speaks to some of the answers. And it doesn't let it be simple. So like there's this point in the film where there appears to be an instruction given to save the day and that instruction right. isn't the final instruction. Right. Like it's a more complex answer than what, and so the film says, here's some things you've heard. Like everything's not worth it. This Treat people this yeah. way. And then it finally says, no, there's another thing and and there's another place we need to be. There's another choice and that's part of why I think the structure of the acts works out, mm-hmm. right? Um,
0: right, because it's be, we're being misled by the... Not by just by the acts, but by the actual information presented to us.
1: Exactly right. We're being told things, or we're we're mm-hmm. learning things, or we're experiencing things that then are challenged right. by the remaining portions of the film. And the film does not let you know where you're going. Like, oh no, I, I don't think there's no telegraphing. I'm really gonna say I don't. I mean, if people say they knew how it was going to end, <laughs> I, I just I'm calling BS I, on that. I don't, know, right? I, just yeah. don't, I just don't think that makes any sense.
0: I couldn't tell you. Where we were going for the second half of the film, like minute by minute, yeah, I didn't know where we where, where we were going next,
1: right? It, and it and yet you're able yeah. to ride the ride, really yeah. effectively, oh, yeah. oh, right? yeah. Like that's yeah. that's something I think is really worth noting. Is for all of its chaotic nature, for mm-hmm. the fact that you know there's scenes with pinatas and there's animation, yeah, right, and yeah. you know where for all of that, um. There, it all holistically hangs together. Yeah, but you're right about reflection. Like, I think one of the things that this film is going to do too. It's one of those films, and there's, I mean, there's great films that do this, um, where they sit in your head, and then they fester, or they, Mm -hmm. you know, um, grow, and they change, and like an amoeba sort of developing inside your brain, slowly and surely, this single cell that grows into something more complex because I'm going to have to think about this. There's too much for I, don't I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. It's going to just
0: going to happen, right? Like
1: Yeah. And I need to watch it again. And that's you, the other thing yeah. I would say. This is not a single watch film. And I would also say do not watch a explanation on YouTube.
0: No. No, because that person's explanation is going to mean absolutely nothing uh, to you. It's going to be nothing at all. We're not here to explain this film. Right. And like, it's going to be based can't.
1: around Easter eggs, which the film is full of little treats like mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But those treats are referential for us to make it through the film. Right. Like that In the Mood for Love stuff isn't about, hey, did you notice In the Mood for Love? It's right. because there's a sensibility to that, you know, to those works. Yeah. Um, and when, and as a result, you are given an idea it, You know, Ratatouille has a sensibility. and So when you're placed in those contexts, you know generally where you are Mm -hmm. so that the confusion of the film has little, like, mini anchors. Yeah. Um, And those things really work. Yeah, they hit you, right? Right? Yeah, they just work, And you're able to uh, grab onto them. But that also means, as you reflect and as you watch it a second time, you can explore all of that more deeply. But if someone just tells you, Oh, this is like a shot-for-shot shot moment from Ratatouille. Right. Like that doesn't do anything. Yeah, that, that's for the film. nothing. It really cheapens this, the it's,
0: idea. It's it's um, it's so interesting. It's there's just so much absurdity that happens throughout the film that the Daniels just keep making you laugh over and over and over throughout this really, really honestly a kind of a tough situation that these characters are going through. It, it's kind of like laughing through your pain, right? In a way, and um. To go back to on what you said uh, about being bombarded with all this information via social media and like all this stuff, our character Evelyn is constantly being told things. Mm-hmm. She's constantly being told like this is this is happening. This person is this is this type of person, or you need to do this, or you need to do that. And we're in that. Or it's the same thing for us, right? Like you need to believe this, or you need to to do this to be successful, or you mm-hmm. need to. Uh, you need to back every single social justice issue possible. Right, right. Like, or you're not doing enough. Like, there's just, mm-hmm. you need to believe all of these things to be this type of person. And there's another way out of it, and it's thinking for yourself, mm-hmm. which is what happens in this film. Um, there's just, there's so much to unpack in this film. It's just completely impossible to get Right, and that's to get through in the all. end, not our job, right? right?
1: Our job is to sort of talk about the, I mean, to deal with that, but also to say that the components of this film are extraordinarily well crafted.
0: Everything, everything from production design to costuming to mm-hmm. cinematography, and on, on a different level than I would say normally. Right. It ha- normally, like from the for again for the Batman, like there is this specific look, and again, this film does have a specific look. It has a specific style, but it's just so wildly out there that the uh, attention to detail and level of of uh, cr- like the craft itself is just so extra. It's just extra on every level. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, where do you want to go next? Do you want to talk about like a favorite moment? What what do you, what do you think? Like, what is, um,
1: yeah, I
0: I don't, I don't really know where to go go after this. So
1: let's, let's do this. I think a favorite moment is a great idea to, to sort of touch on. And, uh, and then I think we're gonna sort of rated as best we can do okay, yeah, and i good. think we want, we should leave it there i mean i think that's what yeah, I mean there's yeah. no question about what we're talking about and our experience and i think to some extent as racking focus is supposed to do this is a place where me may come back in six months watching it in yeah. another format and talk again the only thing i wanted to talk about that we didn't is mm-hmm. Um, the camera work, which was wildly interesting. Yeah. Uh, There are moments where, and I believe it was done you know on location but it could certainly have also been done digitally after the fact where there these be super cool like there's a tilt up or a pedestal up and then a fast pan left hmm. there's all of these shots where we have center focused activity we're paying attention to that are framed by characters right. who are doing the scene and we're watching material in the middle there's these crazy push-ins in the, the, the number yeah, of close-ups oh yeah, yeah. Is oh, unbelievable. Yeah. There's so much interesting camera movement, and it's camera movement that it's, it's in many cases it's it's like finding a way to make the whip pan a viable part of all of a film. There's right. so much interesting work, and that for me is one of the reasons. One of the other things I just think you need to point out is that the skill of that is yeah. quite extraordinary. And that's directorial vision, right? Like Oh, totally. That's a director yeah. and that's a director
0: knowing where he's gonna and how he's gonna cut later on too, right? Like exactly. all of this is just there must have been some kind of crazy storyboard, shot for shot transition thing that happened. Like had to, had and you existed. have to match cut. Like there's so hmm. many match cuts. There's so right. many things that like again, it just goes back to that level of detail and attention that the Daniels put in. To, it's just on another level
1: right with a layer of digital effects that it's, are yeah all over the place and not at all invasive no. or disruptive and we story. saw this
0: on the biggest screen possible like right <laughs> like nothing felt completely out of place i was n- i was and i was never like nauseous or like and especially you did you ever feel nauseous you no, get it's like, big easy. like
1: it's, it's a it's a lot for me to yeah. so watch like it's so much for your eyes but unlike dune this i was able to watch this without a hmm. tremendous amount of movement because okay. the camera work was so well crafted right. for its intimacy we're Dune because of the scope Dune, yeah. you have to cross the screen and keep watching what's right. happening all over the place. i would place. say the
0: biggest struggle of IMAX was watching was trying to read subtitles yeah that actually was that was a, that was difficult. a struggle I was trying to read some subtitles while action or stuff was happening on screen it was just a little bit it was just a little bit difficult right, to do that so because small, the screen was right, so big right the screen is so large um
1: yeah uh, i mean yeah so yeah, so let's say incredible. favorite moments, and uh, and then let's tell people to go see it. And favorite and moments, call it good.
0: yeah, good. Favorite moment for me um, was I. I'm gonna. This is a really tame one, I think, but I have to say the fanny pack fight scene is like right up there because for me that's like it told me I'm like okay, this movie is gonna it's gonna do this weird thing, and. I have to imagine that the Daniels were saying, "What is the most strange thing that you can have a fight with?" <laughs> and um, it's got to be a fanny pack. So that that to me, I thought the fight choreography was great. I thought the um, the humor in that was great. It harkened back to this Jackie Chan style. Mm. Uh, it's what it's. I mean, it's why I love watching Jackie Chan. Uh, it, it's inventive. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's uh, it tells a story at the same time, like all of these things, it just, and it worked right. Like, uh, I could have, I, I want to see him fight with a fanny pack more. No, right. Exactly. You know? well, you, we get that. plenty of it too, right? We're not cheated out of that
1: <laughs> right, at all. It's right. like not short. I'm going to say like, and this is, uh, this is like the dorkiest <laughs> moment imaginable to say. Um, it's Jamie Lee Curtis making the donut originally in the first moment we are in the tax Business and she draws the donut on the karaoke. Oh my god! And she draws the donut and we open the film. Why with did a, I not
0: even pick up on that? Yeah,
1: it's so like the donut thing echoed back and she draw and I didn't know it was the donut till later, right? Bagel. Like I don't know it's bagel, bagel. Sorry, bagel. She's saying donut bagel. <laughs> That's a donuts your um, go to. Donuts uh, my go to. Yeah, right as opposed to bagel. Morning, morning, breakfast But, treat. but so like it, it's that bagel and the the idea of the everything bagel is already really entertaining. Like it's clever, but that <laughs> right, right. shot when she circles that in, in black and she does it more than once and mm. we see it, we don't know what that is, but yeah, but it is already in the film. The film's already there with that right. everything bagel sort of taking place there. And so for me, that kind that moment was so sweetly done It's so interesting um, uh, because of the fact that that's how well – the film is crafted and seated and as i say that opening shot and it reminded me so much of when we watched us that opening shot with them doing karaoke Mm. inside the sort of mirror space or the window space whatever that was That sort of what looks like like we're going through that sort of circle it it was like a makeup mirror that was on a desk right right and we sort of heading into that and we slowly do this sort of push into that mirror and then it snaps and we're in a different place. It felt so much like we were learning a lot about who we were dealing with mm-hmm. and who our characters were and where we were in what was an absolutely beautiful, very slow yeah. camera movement, yeah. thoughtfully done. And so that, there, that's what I would say.
0: Yeah, the visual storytelling is is just next level in this film too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's great on all, on all levels. Um, how would you rate this?
1: Yeah, so this is like, for me, this is a five-star film, right? But Mm -hmm. this is a go to the theater and see it, which is going to be so freaking hard. Yeah. So it is a watch it on a big screen. Do not watch this on your phone. Do not watch this on an iPad. The, yeah the only reason to watch
0: this on an ipad is if you're laying in bed and the ipad is literally inches from your face <laughs>
1: that's, yeah.
0: that's the only reason to ever watch this on an ipad that, i think okay? you're absolutely right because right. that that little that little 12 inch screen then turns into an imax film when it's about a foot from right. your face
1: and if you could if you had a curved ipad if you had a curved be iPad, really even good. better
0: even better um yeah watch this on the biggest screen possible with the best sound possible and watch it with i mean i think one of the best experiences was watching it with a packed theater oh i yeah and everybody I, was laughing It was, it was so great. cool it was great
1: uh yeah even with the level of pompousness we had at some people at the end but uh <laughs> yeah i think that it was really fantastic to watch it with people and that's yeah. why it's funny because as an independent film it's not going to get a big house like that we don't right. get the luxury we, i don't think, think you and I, I have ever
0: home. walked into an a24 film and had it had been a full house
1: uh I'd have i, to think I hard. don't think I, I don't know
0: the green knight was pretty uh yeah, spur uh yeah. you know like there wasn't a lot of people i don't know if the lighthouse the, was the lighthouse was there was not a lot of people yeah, there because no. i saw that with alec and uh oh, that's the right. farewell The farewell there was like nobody there oh yeah we there was there was no one there yeah so this was great seeing an a24 film with a, a packed theater
1: right at the same exact time for yeah. all practical purposes that we saw um uncharted in the same theater there were many more people here than uncharted yeah that's great all right well that's that's what you need to do go see it watch it best opportunity you can biggest screen you can find it on and uh we'll be back to talk about this again in some fashion Mm -hmm. in some one of the other segments i'm sure when we revisit it all right anything else you want to mention before we close up the only thing I want it just came to my mind as we watched an IMAX film tonight or that it wasn't shot on IMAX but in an IMAX mm-hmm. theater is that for the first time in years IMAX is producing new IMAX bodies so they're hmm. updating their uh, the IMAX equipment to make it less clunky, to make it quieter, mm-hmm. so it can be yeah, oh, more yeah. effectively on set. Yeah. Um, and if that means we're going to get more things shot on IMAX, I think that's a win. So when I think about this film, which has been formatted for IMAX or converted for IMAX, whatever that language that they're using, yeah. it, the idea that this could have been shot on IMAX because the IMAX equipment is being tailored more for filmmakers to be able to use not as a gimmick but as a real filmmaking device feels to me like right. a really great choice it's great yeah i mean a
0: large format film i mean it's i, I and i think airy actually has an equivalent in a mm. sense or something similar right. uh as well so we're going to hopefully see more and more films shot in another format that will allow the filmmakers to to bring their vision to life in a way that's that's not you're not just stuck in the thirty five millimeter format, right? If you want something to be larger than life, which this film is, right, exactly, sixty five millimeter, seventy millimeter film, or something like, just makes sense.
1: And if the bodies are such that they are more manageable and quieter, right, it's going to make it more, uh, yeah. interesting. Eventually, for filmmakers to, b- to make the decision to suffer through the difficulties yeah. that because you're not going to make this film because it's already hard enough using a freaking loud, clacky <laughs> right. IMAX camera.
0: Right, right. Eventually, the tech is going to get so good that it'll be able to to shrink down to a handheld rig. Yeah, right. You're right. Like, it'll take <laughs> yes. years maybe, but eventually you'll be able to they do it. They just
1: have to decide to do it. There's no competition yeah. really. I mean, Ari has a little bit, but the, I mean, IMAX is just sits so far onto itself. It doesn't need to change. So the fact right. they're making the change yeah. means they're, they're listening yeah. to filmmakers. It investing in the
0: technology, thing. investing in the film industry. So right. that's a good point. Glad so, you brought anyway, that up.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to mention that since I'd heard that. Yes. Yeah, it's
0: great. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Racking Focus podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, if you haven't seen if you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once, shame on <laughs> you for listening to this entire podcast, but go see it and then come back and listen again. You'll understand everything that that we <laughs> You'll understand everything. When I say hot dog fingers, you'll understand what that means. Oh my goodness. Um and don't Google that image. Do not. Please don't. Do not Please don't Google burgers. that image.
1: Yeah, that cursed cookbook uh, Instagram page that always is <laughs> posting pictures of people cooking hot dogs in every way. It was resonant for me. Those hot dog <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, oh my goodness gracious! Oh 1950s my god! Cookbooks and dirty. Now they've become dirty. I do want to say. I just have to say it now that we're on the back end of it. That's this. great. Um, the planting and payoff of butt plug is the <laughs> most ordinary. <laughs> mo- that. That's the joke that wouldn't fail, that nope. did not quit.
0: That, yeah, that the, came back. And mm-hmm.
1: the, and it did not...
0: It, <laughs> it mean, didn't stop once it <laughs> happened, either. It kept going.
1: There was so... And it, it
0: stayed in you.
1: The level of... Yes, it did. The level of integrity of a filmmaker to sit and let that happen, <laughs> right? Like, it was... In, and, and to make the choice, like, the incredible choice to To do the digitization right, <laughs> which is like, is the right. It's the right choice. Yep, fully. Um, but th- uh, that moment when he <laughs> leaps, is,
0: it's like out of a. It's like out of a comic book spread, right? Like it. It gave me um, similar feelings to um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Sort of. It's just right. less stylistic, right? right. Like. Oh my gosh, what a thing we witnessed tonight. Yeah,
1: I did, I couldn't let us go without no,
0: that. No, you have to mention the butt plug. But
1: in yeah. the fact that we <laughs> we get to laugh at it before we think it's ever going to be used, right, right? right? Like it is planted. It was funny
0: on its own without <laughs> this stuff <laughs> later on.
1: Exactly. In, in every way. Like the fact that that's the IRS award is right. hilarious. Right. <laughs> let alone the fact that we see it and then it becomes a crucial drum like driving component in the plot just amazing this
0: this is truly a cult classic film that is going to be around you're going to hear people talk about it you're going to you're going to see this thing come back in theaters in the same way that rocky horror picture yeah. show and people are going to come dressed as their favorite evelyn right <laughs> that's like actually, that's what's going to happen that's a great
1: that's a great idea that's pretty interesting i think that's good right like yeah, I, I would I love to great. see that
0: i yeah. would go to that I would yeah, I would I would go that would to that. That would be great. But anyway, if you want to hear us talk more about this or or connect with us over this film, please find us on Instagram at Racking Focus Podcast and follow us both on Letterboxd where we're putting out our ratings and, and leaving reviews for other films that we're watching, including including this one here tonight.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast service, Stitch or whatever it is that you're working on. There, Spotify, so that people can find us. We've sort of found our rhythm suddenly in a third season <laughs> as we alter our structure a little bit, and uh, and we're, we find uh, you know the ability to relax just a little in our conversation. And so, I think. Like It's good for people to listen. Now, if you hate it, then you can say that, but still give us five stars till people start to see us. We don't have an industry behind us. So if you believe that individual entrepreneurs who don't (laughs) expect to make money should be supported, like we are your local coffee shop. Yes. We are the pizza joint around the corner. And sometimes you got to buy the pizza there, even though it's not the best pizza in the world, because you want to keep it alive. So we are definitely
0: not the best podcasters (laughs) ever. Our batteries on our device have died almost twice since recording this podcast.
1: (laughs) But we're doing it. And so so that's it. And we'll be back to talk about Moon Knight, right?
0: Exactly. All right. I'm going to go home and watch Ratatouille.
1: All right. And I'm going to go home and watch Moon Knight.
0: Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.